Medical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, good evening and welcome to Practical Prepping Podcast. We are certainly glad to have you with us here again today. And if you have not already, go on that subscribe button so that you never miss a podcast. And we have an announcement to make. As a way for listeners to support Practical Prepping, we have set up an Amazon affiliate link. Unlike the $3.5 trillion spending package being considered in Congress, this really does cost you nothing, but it helps support the podcast. All we ask is that when you want to shop on Amazon, start by going to our website, practicalprepping.info, and click on the Amazon link on the right side of the page. That takes you directly to Amazon, costs you nothing extra, and pays us a little commission. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Okay, let's talk about our topic for today for just a moment, and that's building coalitions and networks and getting others to prepare. We think that's a very important aspect of preparedness. There are some that have varying thoughts and opinions about that, but in our estimation and in the many, many years that we've been involved in preparedness, we find that reaching out to trusted individuals in our family and friends group is a very wise and a very practical way to go. And we want to thank our sponsors for this episode, ProLine Designs, Website Creators and Hosting, and also Jim Curtis Knives, maker of handcrafted knives. Now, when we're talking about building a coalition and a network, we're not necessarily talking about a MAG group. Now, that means Mutual Assistance Group, M-A-G. We're talking about a very different kind of issue more or less a very long-term SHTF type of a situation. And that might involve a bug-out location or training and skill prep together or coordinated communications and emergency plans. We are talking about building relationships before SHTF. Various SHTFs occur, personal SHTF, tornadoes, hurricanes, snow and ice storms, And we're talking about building relationships there. We're talking about getting to know our neighbors, getting to know our church members, getting to know local businesses, getting to know ham operators, getting to know the EMA. We're talking about our coworkers. We're talking about different local government officials. Those are very useful after a disaster. All of these can be resources. These can help with tree and debris removal. There was a time that our community was hit with a tornado, and a group from our church went to an older couple's house, took our chainsaws, and began to saw up huge trees that had been blown down. And that was all because of a network that was already there. But now, if we're going to look at others being a network for us and resources for us, then we must be a resource for others. We need to be helping others out before any type of an SHTF. What are some of the things that we can do in helping other folks out? 
Well, it's something that I learned from my parents many, many years ago and something they continue to do well into the later, more golden years of their life is they created a large garden, large enough to supply what they needed, but also to benefit anyone that wanted to come and pick the garden. They would invite their Sunday school class and their neighbors to come, and it helped them because it tended up the garden for them, but it also blessed these other families with fresh produce right straight from the little farm. Mm -hmm. And another thing that you can do is cut grass for someone else that's suffering an illness or had an injury. That's what neighbors can do for each other. Mm -hmm. If they're out of town, I was cutting our grass one time and our neighbor was out of town. I knew they were on vacation and their grass needed cutting. So I just kept going right on across and cut all of their front yard for them so that it would look neater when they got back home. Yes, actually, that's a good security move, too. It makes it look like someone's home and is attending the yard when, in fact, they weren't. And you want to just do this out of the kindness of your heart. You're not expecting to be remunerated or, or trading off or anything like that. You're just doing this you know, out of the kindness of your heart. Exactly. Elderly folks in the community, they can always use some help with some things. It can be as simple as bringing in groceries, taking out the trash can, something that takes us very little time. Very little effort is greatly appreciated to them, but we're being that helping hand. Right. Helping others blesses you and it blesses them. You ever noticed about blessings? They're never just a one way. When you bless someone, it's a blessing to you. And when others have blessed you, it's a blessing to them. I've always considered blessings to be a two-sided coin. And let's take a quick break and we'll come back with segment two in just a minute. Have you ever noticed that when you're around a bunch of guys, all the knives look pretty much the same? They may be larger or smaller, and they may have a different blade or handle design, but they're all pretty much generic-looking, sporting goods store knives. But a custom-built fixed-blade knife really stands out, or at least it should. It should be high-quality, durable, and exceptionally beautiful. It should be razor-sharp and hold an edge. That describes a Jim Curtis knife. Jim Curtis builds custom knives in central Alabama and ships them to you. He will send you photographs throughout the process, and the two of you will communicate until your knife is exactly what you want. You'll receive a knife that is as beautiful as it is functional. Jim Curtis Knives builds quality that is affordable. Each knife comes with Jim's lifetime guarantee, which includes lifetime sharpening as well as detailed care instructions to protect and preserve your unique knife. You can have your knife built to your design specifications. Choose your steel. Choose your blade design. Choose your handle material. Choose your sheath, leather, or kydex. You can also select one Jim has already designed and crafted. Each one is a work of art, yet highly functional and destined to be passed down to a family member. He posts many of these on his Facebook page. The colors, designs, and blade styles are breathtaking. You can ask questions about the knife you are considering, and he is good to respond to every question. But they go pretty fast, so don't wait too long. Whatever style you choose, it's going to be beautiful. Remember, all Jim Curtis knives come with a lifetime guarantee, lifetime sharpening, and two band-aids. Yes, it's just that sharp. Mark has a Jim Curtis knife that I gave him last Christmas. He loves it and carries it proudly. And yes, he's used both band-aids. Check out Jim Curtis knives on Facebook 
or drop him an email. Both links are in the show notes and on Practical Prepping website. Back in the day, if you had a business, you put an ad in the phone book and maybe the newspaper. When a prospective customer wanted what you did or sold, they would look you up in the yellow pages and give you a call on the landline. Well, that's not so anymore. In fact, if customers are under the age of 30, they may not even know what a phone book is. Today, everyone goes to the Internet looking for information before they buy. Even those of us who grew up with the phone book are going to the Internet before making buying decisions. In the 1990s and early 2000s, it was enough to have a website that told people your name, what you did, where you were, and your phone number. They looked you up and gave you a call. Websites were relatively easy to build, and they were all pretty basic. But they were websites, and we had a presence. Not so today. Prospective customers want to go to your website, find your product or service, read about it, compare it to others, then order it and pay for it online. If your business doesn't have a high-quality, very professional website, I can guarantee that your business is losing sales that you could otherwise be making. You need a professional website designer and builder, and you need good, reliable hosting. Proline Designs built the website for our latest book, Practical Prepping for Everyday People. It's a beautiful site, and it has sold a lot of books. Proline Designs is now building our rebranded Practical Prepping website, which will include a blog, forum, articles, books, and items to purchase, as well as our podcasts. Proline Designs also hosts our websites at lower cost than any other comparable company we found. That's value. And their reliability? Well, we have never experienced a website outage. That's reliability. Proline Designs. Welcome back for segment two of Practical Prepping Podcast. Let's talk about getting others to prepare. There have been some polls that have shown that approximately 60% of people admit to preparing in some way. For some, it might just be keeping a few extra rolls of toilet tissue. Yeah, I think COVID got a lot of people's attention. And preparedness seems to be going somewhat mainstream now. Well, you know, all this talk about supply chains, we are seeing some evidence of it here and there. Not really, really bad, but just some evidence of certain grocery items or certain paper product items may be coming in shorter supply. And some areas of the country are beginning to see some empty shelves. Oh, quite a bit more of a, of a supply chain issue. Mm-hmm. So, but it, it, it's good that it's becoming mainstream. Now, prepping and prepper carries a negative connotation to some degree, and I blame that on the program Doomsday Preppers made preppers look like a bunch of idiots. And who was it that was not the idiot when the lockdowns hit and we had the food and water and the toilet tissue and the things that we needed? It was the preppers. Mm -hmm. It was the unprepared that were scrambling, trying to find another roll or two of toilet tissue. And I even heard of one person who was rationing the toilet tissue. Well, I can use this many squares. Yeah, that's not really uh, an area you want to be living in in terms of having to be that way. You know, it doesn't take much time or effort or even that much money to begin becoming a more prepared person. Right. And, And we've all got those friends that we heard horror stories of them not being able to get things or have things or find things in the stores. 
when it happens. So we want to be encouraging our family and our friends and others that we know to begin to prepare. Now, we'll recognize that you need to maintain your own security, your own OPSEC, but some people say that we should not say anything about prepping. We just go on and we're an island unto ourselves, and everybody else is on their own. Yeah, there's there's different schools of thought as to who is becoming prepared, why they're becoming prepared, what it means to them and their area, their location, and maybe they have their own good reasons and their opinion why they feel like this needs to be a secret operation, not something that's talked about at the dinner table, or you know, he even hidden from those that they share a household with. Some people are even supposedly hiding preps from their own family. Well, sometimes that's because the other family members are not on board and think they're crazy. That's true. But yeah. a lot of those folks change their opinion after COVID. So ultimately, we want to respect everyone's opinion about this, and it's really up to you mm-hmm. on how you decide to share your personal opinions and feelings and thoughts about preparedness. But we want to introduce others to preparedness. Now, when we say that, we we want people to be prepared for the things that come. And if you will use words like preparedness or prepared, and don't use words like prepping, prepper, SHTF, bug out, TOTWACKY, the end of the world as we know it, that's not what we're trying to do. That, That gives people that we are the crazies. What we want to do is get people prepared for the normal, everyday stuff, the practical prepping. Right. We don't fear the word prepping, but we have noticed on social media, sometimes the word prepper or prepping gets a little bit of a flag or a little bit of a notice from those that are in charge of social media, and they just want to be a little bit... I don't know, nosy isn't really the word, but they try to delve a little deeper into why are you why are you on prepper sites? And so we're thinking, okay, it's just a shortened term of preparedness or prepare it's called prepper. One of the things you can do here is use scenarios. I've asked people questions, open ended questions, what if questions. I've used and I've used as an example here. If it snowed 48 inches tonight and we woke up in the morning and we're not going anywhere, how long can you feed your family? And I've gotten varying answers to that. Um, Some people have ever been asked that question and they don't really know. They don't even really know what their first thought would be. They just, they go straight into panic mode. And when you're panicked, you can't think straight, can't do anything straight. You're not of a value to yourself or your loved ones. Nope, but you need to use practical situations. Uh, This is not where you want to bring in the invasion of the alien zombie frogs, you know. Right. You know, we talked a year ago about threat assessment, and that is where every person that is interested in becoming more prepared has to really sit down and list out what are the probable possible things that could happen to me or my family in the place that I live, the place that I work, the streets that I travel, the location of the region where I live for weather concerns or, you know, industrial concerns, you know, make a threat assessment. And that's a practical thing to do because things do happen. You know, one of our watchwords is stuff happens, stay prepared. Yeah. Now we're talking about getting other people prepared. 
I guess pretty much everyone within the sound of our voice, worldwide, North Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere, everyone has some type or almost everyone has some type of weather issue that they could face. Certainly could. I mean, and most of the time, these weather situations are uh, completely benign. But every once in a while, mm-hmm. a thunderstorm or a flooding event or a winter storm event just crosses the line or an earthquake yeah exactly or like the volcanoes are having in hawaii right now they're spewing columns of lava Mm -hmm. you know this is a natural disaster you know these volcanoes will lay quiet for decades and all of a sudden boom an earthquake in was it taiwan taiwan yesterday Mm -hmm, exactly these are scenarios that you can use things that are germane to your local area and just ask people how they would get through that. You need to encourage your family and friends to get prepared. If you feel comfortable sharing about being someone who is into prepping, or if you just want to broach the subject and say, you know, I'd like to, for us as a family or a group of friends, let's talk about, let's let's seriously talk about what we would do if, and then fill in your blank. Right, and you've got those weather situations, you've got those lockdowns, you've got water systems. Discussing these things gives you a little bit better chance of getting other people to see the importance of preparedness. What's our tip for the week? We have a good tip for the week, and that is you need to collect some printed material, either in the way of books or magazines, pamphlets, etc., about preparedness in a variety of different areas and topics, because a grid-down event will take your electrical power away from you. So there is no long-term use of any computers or cell phones or tablets. However, books and magazines are always accessible anywhere, anytime that you can put your hands on them. So read these printed materials and then reread them and become very familiar with the information that is vital during an emergency situation. And we would like to thank our sponsors again today, ProLine Designs and Jim Curtis Knives. Their links are in the show notes, and they have links off of our website. So go take a look at these folks and see what it is that they do. And if you do business with them, tell them that we sent you. And we'll see you next time. If you find value in our podcast, would you consider supporting us by buying us a cup of coffee? You can do that by going to www.buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep. Your support helps us keep the podcast up and running, as well as growing. We have a few things in the planning stages, and your support will really help make those things happen. And we thank you so kindly. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. You can email us at info at practicalprepping.info. And our website is practicalprepping.info. And remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.